Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Monday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. I'd say we're back to work, but you and I don't really take any days off. No days off, playa. Who says no days off, playa? I mean, me just now. Is that true, Daddy-O? Quit trying to make fetch happen. Bye, Tal. I've been trying to say Daddy-O for the last week two weeks you wouldn't know because you've been on assignment welcome back to the program michael vital thanks daddy-o thanks i do like that Mm. i do really like that daddy-o in albuquerque is just poppy what is like just say poppy inducted into the major league baseball hall of fame poppy no he's the big poppy just a regular poppy i guess you'd be a big poppy too you're six and a half foot tall that's a big poppy that's way bigger than a medium poppy. I would say I'm a short, big poppy. You know when people ask me my, my height? Because I'm, like, very tall, you know? I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, a tall 6'6", six, six, a short 6'7". Six, like, that's what I say about – that's what I'm going to start saying about poppy. He's a good size. It's a good size. It's a good size. It's a good size. You watching that Hall of Fame stuff? A bit. I saw the highlights of Poppy's speech. It was all right. I thought it would be more rambunctious. It wasn't. I thought it would be bigger. Level of calculation. He's a little more humble. I mean, Dominican flags are plenty, though. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. He's only the fourth Dominican ever to get in the Hall of Fame. Okay. I mean. Hey, Vital's back. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome for the, the fun fact, brother. Here's a, here's a fun fact. Not that many have tried. I mean, it's not that super impressive. How many Dominican Republicans have tried? Is it Dominicans or Dominican Republicans? Uh, Dominicans. Because they could yeah. be Dominican Democrats, mm-hmm. and I guess that's not. I, just, I, don't I want was to put, told Dominicans. That is correct. Okay. It was like a low-key Hall of Fame this weekend, huh? I, I really feel that way. I thought it was going to be like pomp and circumstance. Nah. It was more chill. I thought Poppy would like start a chant. Or call somebody out. But he's like a really humble oh, he looked, dude. He looked nervous, too. Well, here's the thing. He he probably felt bad because they were putting him in the whole Hall of Fame, but he only played half the game. That's not even really fair. Mm-hmm. Does he even own a baseball glove? Somebody Google that. He's He played the field. No. No, he was a DH. Right. He kind of he kind of did like I did, brother, playing the field. Am I right? No. Why, <laughs> why are you doing Matthew McConaughey? He's, you should at least do a Boston. You should do like a like a Bill Burr. At well, I'm just talking playing the field. This. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. did Matthew. You could. Yeah. You should have done Dominican. You should have done like Albert Pujols or something. Like what does Albert Pujols sound like? Um, like this. Uh, David Ortiz. He does. He has a very good game. That is really bad. Yeah. Well, I don't you, know. you're on a list now. Dang it. <laughs> hey. 
He actually sounds a little older than that. Yeah, yeah about <laughs> quite five, a bit. About four or five years yeah. older, maybe. Because and also it's weird that Albert Pulos, every sentence he starts, he starts with "Get off my lawn," mm. which is like shows his. Age. He's that age now. Five zero five two four six zero six ten. Reach out to your boys. We got some guests today, but we're doing some fun stuff too. Uh, tough. The the boys here in town caught an L this weekend. The Gladiators took an L at the Rattlers. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Noel will join us. He's the voice of the Gladiators. We're going to talk about. Um, just how the Rattlers got our boys' numbers and, and what's got to be done and, and how we're going to get past it. I know we're, we're going to reach out to Freddie Greggs later in the week. Like, I'm going to put a lot of attention on the Gladiators, and I'm going to forget about them for a minute because I'm mad at them. Let them chill. I'm mad at them. Well, I, I'm, more, uh, I'm more a little upset for them. Like disappointed? I'm mourning with them. Well, Arizona's the best team in the league. They got the numbers. They got blown out. They got blown. Let's not sugarcoat it. No, they were super. They went to Arizona and got blown. And that same thing has happened to me. And it like you can't bounce back from that. Getting blown in Arizona. You're just getting blo- like blown away. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. There's pills for that. United big equalizer late in their game. We'll talk about that a little bit. At the ballpark, a couple times this past weekend. Few times. It's kind of interesting to me with the ice tips. Because this Sugarland team, by record, is the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. And this Isotopes team, by record, is close to Sugarland. Mm-hmm. But anytime they play each other, Sugarland looks like world beaters. Sugarland is a curious example because their best players go up and down a lot. Up, down, up, down. They move them around the organization. All they do is move, 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 no matter what. But it seems like they have their best lineup every time they come to Albuquerque. It's like, the, it's like the rotation works out perfect every time. It's like, what is going on her? Her. Yeah, they love it here. They do love it here. They love it here. Pedro Leon loves it here. That dude's a killer. That dude's yeah, he's surgical. Dude. He's got 12 home runs a season against the Ice Toast. And he's only got 18 on the year. It's yeah. insane. It's insane what he's been doing here in the high elevation. He, what he needs to do is go to the front office, the Houston Astros, and say, trade me right now. Trade me to the Colorado program. He's gonna he's the center field of the future for the Astros. Shoot, he could be the center field of the future for the Rockies. That'd be nice. He Shoot. loves the altitude. Shoot. Probably likes weed. Duh. <laughs> Super duh. Bark at the park yesterday. We'll talk about that a little bit. Roof. Thank you. Know, you. you know he's going to join us on the program? Not a dog. Five fifteen. The JJ Buck. Ooh. He went to the Mountain West last week. All right. A little media. Good little. get. How'd you book that legend? <sighs> Shot a text. Ooh. And then he ignored it, so I sent an email. Ah. You tag your boss in it. CC him on an email. <laughs> Just I tell you, there's a Jared. JJ's not answering my emails. Hey, I think I might be wrong here. JJ might have the longest history of sports animal emails of like anyone in this building, right? Like JJ's been here since he was like fifteen or something. Yeah, like his emails go back. He he was here before he could like legally send emails, I think. I, and I'm not trying to be that guy that's like all of a sudden like too much inside baseball, but like it was Citadel. Like we're Cumulus now, but it was Citadel. Like he's a day oneer on Cumulus. Citadel, that's a pretty good fortress, right? The Citadel? The I, I that perhaps is a fortress, like a World War One thing. American Revolution. I don't know when fortresses went out of style. Right. I think there were fortresses during the pioneer days. I think. 
I think their prominence is Braveheart. It's kind of more of a medieval thing with the walls. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't know when they were popularized, but a citadel is just like a a castle town, a fortress. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's I, a fortress, like a castle town. Well, I know there are fortresses in America because you can go to different forts. Unless fort is not short for fortress, and I'm just making that association. I think a fortress, a fort is a fortress made out of wood. Is that right? It feels correct. What is Fort Sumner? 505-246-0610. Are you a Citadel historian? That's how the town started. It became a bastion for whatever group. Google that one. We go to the Goog on Bastion. A little TMI for you right here. Okay. My mother got accidentally left at a truck stop in Fort Stockton one time. There's, There's another fort reference for you. Okay, so according to this, the Alamo is a fort. That makes me believe that it's a fortress. A fort is a fort, because that's adobe. The Alamo is adobe. Which is also part wood. Well, a fort is just shorthand for a military outpost, right? Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the structure itself. You just call them forts. Okay, so here's, this is where it gets really confusing. A fort can be called a fortress or a fortification. Ooh, I like that better. Which we didn't even associate. What is. Yeah. Now, and you're correct, Vital. So typically, a fortress describes a larger structure or a series of structure, and a fort is usually just one. So if I stack a bunch of pillows, you have to give it the respect that it deserves of being a pillow fort. Sounds legit. Got it. Sounds legit. Who's your guy right here? And uh, if uh, if they're in California, you might find yourself dreaming of Cali fortifications. I'll take a break. I'll show myself out. <laughs> That's just so unacceptable. Yeah. Fort Independence, Fort Halifax, Fort Delaware, Fort, Fort- Dodge. What Fort Ticonderoga? Ticonderoga? Ticonderoga yeah, yeah. That's a super tough in name. Northern Fort, New York. Fort Knight? No, that's a that's a that's a length of time. Oh. There's a fort. It's also in the a road. video game. No. A fort in the road? No, it's, I think that's different. Fortify. That's like in the board game Risk when you have to move your your armies. I thought when you make something stronger, you fortify it. That's what I just said. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Also. He's also a car company in Detroit. Ah, Fort Motor Company? Fort. You drive a fort. What we could do, hear me out. We take the show on the road, and we go to see all these forts in our road trip. It would take a fortnight. You already did that joke. Mm-hmm, it's okay. I blew it. United. Got one point this weekend. It's one more than zero. It's one because they were looking at zero. I'll tell you what. Hey, I I expected Joey Greco to show up at any moment because Detroit was some cheaters on Saturday. It's a deep cut reference. Yes, it is. We're going deep on that one, but it's true. Watch party was the Hollow Spirit team and Brandon Ortega hosting. Had a blast. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Ortega, first time co hosting. Welcome to the Welcome to the cult. How'd he do? Did he did he bring a bunch of eight by ten? Oh my god! Signed and gave to everyone. Okay, you beat my first joke too. <laughs> All right. Um, 
No, he did great. He was supposed to bring his bass, and we're going to do the Seven Nation Army Somos Unidos chant over and over uh, again. Uh, 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 that one. Uh, 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 a little off-key, but we get it. That is a song that gets white people turned. Our, our listenership has never been lower than it is right now in this moment. Today's I-9 Varsity is the I-9 Varsity of songs that get white people turned. Oh, man. Just turned open. or turned? Turned. It's turned. Yeah, yeah, definitely okay. turned. Never heard of that word, is oh. it? So instead of doing the Varsity today, we're just going to open up Fred's Spotify. Yes. Um, Michael, we're going to need a lot of production on this one. Let's do the hey. Varsity at 545. Before, before we go to commercial, quick shout out. Funny story. Oh, okay. So when... Brandon and myself were hosting United Watch Party. Uh, one of the grand prizes was like a little gym outfit for the ladies. Okay. Had some nice hollow, spiro, uh, hollow spirit tights or leggings, like whatever leggings? you want to call them. Like ballerina bottoms? Like yoga pants. Oh, okay. Yeah, yoga pants. And you know, I'm a fan of yoga pants. I Same. Yeah. Greatest invention in modern world. Wow. And it had like a little matching top to it. And Brandon jokingly said... Whoever wins this also gets a physical therapy session with Van. And the person who won it took it quite seriously and said, we're going to hot yoga tomorrow. And me being a man of character and integrity, I did, in fact, go to hot yoga the next day. With a fan? With a fan. Okay. Shout out to Inez. Aw. Inez, hope to see you at the next New Mexico United watch party. We did yoga together. Friend of the show, Inez. And speaking of new friends of the show... Also met um, Yogi and uh, desk person Denise. Oh, okay. And Denise let me know. Are Yogi and Yanez both from Cuba? Uh, Yogi is a term for a yoga practitioner. Oh, okay. Not a picnic-loving bear. That's what I I thought you were going with this. Or a person from Cuba. (laughs) And Denise informed me that her number one dude... Gabe is a big friend of the there show. There we go. So shout out to Welcome Gabe. To the club. Thanks for being a friend of the show, Gabe. Sea bass. Whenever we get back, we're two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I Nine Starter Days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Spend our evenings at Hollow Spirit. And this past weekend, well, that was for Watermelon Walkoff from New Mexico's Vodka Teller Vodka. It's ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Joining us on the program, voice of your Duke City Gladiators, Sebastian Noel. Sebastian, welcome. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, what song do you think most gets white people turned? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, yeah, Fred, you and I hang out in very, very different crowds. Yeah, so. similar circles, you're I'm- correct. <laughs> so, you know, mine, mine might be, my answer might be a real good country song, right? Where yours, you might not, you might not uh, lean that way. So you think it's friends in low places. I agree. I think that gets. Ooh, yes, that that's gets, a great one, isn't it? Strong work. That gets white people turned. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, could use a little firing up this past weekend as the boys were in Arizona just getting a uh, lesson taught to them. 
Yeah, I mean, that's really the only way to describe what happened. It was pretty bad. It's, I'm not good at math. 39 straight points, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So it was, it was f- I mean, we're right, you know, first quarter, it's tied at 14. And there's only a couple minutes left to go in the half, and they rattle off 21 points in a row, and they essentially end the game by halftime. Huge run by the Rattlers. Is this some kind of like brilliant defensive scheme? What happened? How'd the wheels fall off that hard? Well, they're really good. They are they're really just, good. They, have, they just have really, really good players. And uh, their defensive back, Kyrie Woods, that set a, a record of four interceptions in one game. If he was, if he was putting together his highlight reel of the season – it would just contain his games against the Gladiators because he just kills us every time we play them to a point where you're, you got to start thinking about, hey, you can't even throw it in his direction. I don't care what receiver's over there, cannot throw it at that dude's area because he's been that good against us. It's one of those things where, like, I almost say to myself, if you can't beat him, try to sign him in the offseason. Smart. Yeah, go after him. So these these the four pit game, that's a record, unheard of. Was he just finding space? Was he reading the quarterback? How is he pulling this off? I mean, one of them was a fifty fifty ball. The other ones, you know, he's just he jumps a route, and then some of you know some of the late turnovers were just were pretty bad throws and receiver and backup quarterback not on the same page. So, you know, all of the above. But I don't want to take any credit away from that team, man, because they are that good, especially that guy. He's something else. And he's a local local kid there, too. He's from Chandler, Arizona. So the, the footprint center was just nuts every time he made a play. How many people were out? 7,000? You know what? That's what they reported. But you know what? The, the, those reported attendance numbers on the uh, IFL page that those haven't always been accurate. They're, they're usually, oddly enough, they're usually higher. And to me, it seemed like there was a lot more than seven thousand two hundred people there. Fourteen and three on the season are the Rattlers, so they're going to go to the Western Conference ship, and then it's against Northern Arizona, which is the Wranglers. Which, and help me if I understand this correctly, they have the same ownership, or it's adjacent. Is there a weird collusion you know, here? Well, there's definitely some weird collusion. So the uh, Wranglers are an expansion team. You're thinking of the Tucson Sugar Skulls, who uh, they are owned by Arizona Rattlers coach Kevin Guy. Go figure. And they caught the L against the Wranglers. And, right. Okay, so okay, so that, there's the weekend to make it all make sense. And then to me, to me it's almost like uh, the Rattlers and Kevin Guy, they have two – Look at it this way. For the layman, they have two farm teams in Arizona, the Tucson Sugar Skulls, which happen to be owned by Kevin Guy, and Northern Arizona, who Kevin Guy was crucial in putting a team there. So it's almost like they have a couple of ro- a couple of rosters to pick from after every season, right? So like last year, Northern Arizona, for example, had a really good rookie receiver. Oh, what a surprise. He ended up on the Rattlers this season. So it's almost uh, like he's got two little uh, farm teams to choose from there. So is it just like California talent just stops in Arizona because they have the kind of the three IFL teams that create a wall for moving that talent like through New Mexico and Texas? 
I mean, they don't, you know, they have a lot of local guys. Uh, they got a few guys from Arizona Christian. They have a couple of guys that went to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and remember, the Rattlers have been around forever, Good right, point. in the indoor game. So they kind of know what they're doing when it comes to player recruiting, keeping their guys happy, keeping them in-house. So, you know, they're kind of way ahead of the game when it comes to everyone else, right? So at that, you add their unlimited financial resources from a – Millionaire owner Ron Shirts. I mean, they have they have advantages, right? Pretty good point. That's an excellent point. What's the good news? What's the silver lining? What's the glass half full that you're going to tell the Duke City Gladiators fan after this season? Well, the sun will come up tomorrow. Nice. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Go to commercial. Besides that, no, I'll give you, I'll give you one. <laughs> you know, if you want to be optimistic, this is the second year in the league, and the teams made the playoffs both years. I mean, that's. Sure. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that from an expansion team coming up from the CIF, right? So, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective. That's certainly a positive. Three one-point losses and a weird double onside kick loss away from being a different seed, away from probably winning your first playoff game until you have to match Arizona again. So in my head, we won a few more games and then we won one round of the playoffs before we lost to the Rattlers. So it's an it's a even better season in my head. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's the way you have to look at it as a fan, right? But I, I think we're going to have one of the most important off-seasons in franchise history coming up here. Freddie Griggs, he's the head coach now. That was a little mid-season change which uh, still came with some confusion, I think, to the fan base. But he looks to you to be the guy that's, that's going to lead the team, not just on the field, but the front office as well, and, and try to build this thing back better? I mean, I have no idea, right? Yeah. I, I, anything would be a speculation. What I do know is that the franchise, face of the franchise, Dello Davis, is not with the team anymore, right? And you look on social media, the fans still don't understand why, still asking why, right? So – that's going to be a hurdle to overcome, right? You have to address that hurdle. Um, I think priority number one has to be re-signing or convincing Jared Elmore to play another season. Jared's not young, but, you know, he's the face of the community. And then, the, you know, this with Dello out of the picture, I, I would assume maybe this becomes Greg Dent's team. So Greg is an immensely talented receiver. He also plays on the other side of the ball when the team asks him to. But he's a quiet guy, and if this is going to become his team, he has to find his voice as a leader. I think on the other side of the ball, Jason Serta is not a young guy anymore either, right? So is he going to come back for another year? I think I'd like the team to uh, make Byron Cooper a priority, make sure he's back here. But there's some guys that are getting up there in age, and who knows how much of this roster will return. And then, of course, the glaring position is quarterback, Boom. right? Ramon, as good of a season as he had, he's still very young. And a playoff game at an NBA arena in front of 10,000 people, that maybe was a little too much for him to handle because once the mistake started, they never stopped. So what do they do at quarterback? Do they bring Ramon back? Do they bring Nate Davis back? I mean, this is this is a huge, huge offseason. And then you guys touched on the coaching part, right? Does Freddie keep that job? Uh, do they remove the interim tag? Do they try to go out and get someone with experience? I mean, there are a lot of questions to be answered. It seems like the offseason is almost as entertaining as the regular season around here the last couple of years. I think my last one is, because obviously with the XFL coming back, I mean, there's – Currently, more football ever, USFL, NFL, feeder leagues. There's all this stuff around the entire country. Ramon Atkins, to me, is a guy with his age and his talent who has to be getting a look from somewhere else as well. 
And to me, you almost have to, and this is going to sound terrible as a, as a Gladiators fan, but you almost have to assume that he might have other opportunity elsewhere. Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Van and I talked about it a little bit when we were out at Top Golf doing the show on Friday. You know, he has an XFL tryout this week, so I don't know how that went. I haven't had a chance to talk to Ramon. But his goal, I'm sure, is to get back outside, right? Because that's where yeah. the money's at. If, right. you can, if you can get a contract in Canada or XFL, USFL, that's where the money's at. So I'm sure that's his goal, to get back outside. And then Nate Davis, you know, uh, that injury is not easy to come back from. And, you know, the, the Gladiators aren't going to be the only team looking for a quarterback. I mean, Arizona's going to have their own situation. Their starter and MVP, Drew Powell, and his backup are both going to hit veteran status next year. So there's no way Kevin Guy brings back both of those guys as vets because you can only have seven on your roster. So there's going to be teams looking for quarterbacks, and uh, that's a position that's been locked up for the last couple of years, but I think there's a question mark heading into next year. So, I mean, more than likely, they just start another franchise in Arizona and put one of the quarterbacks there. Sedona oh, Snakes. Yeah, most Sedona's very nice. Yeah, Sedona yeah. Snakes, that's 100% figured out. So. Oh, yeah, Sedona, beautiful. Sedona's yeah. a beautiful little town, yeah. Yeah, the Mesa Mesa rounds. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here, I think, for, for a new team. So, Sebastian, anything we missed? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a great season, guys. You know, and I know you guys are always uh, talking about gladiator football, which really helps get the fan base excited. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll catch up during the offseason. I'm sure there's going to be headlines. There always are. Sebastian Noel, I mean, I guess the next head football coach of the Gladiators? I don't really know, I would assume. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay, well, there you have it. You're the best, buddy. All right, be good, guys. Thanks, buddy. I just want, because it feels like the verge of winning. You know, and how spoiled we are to be like, Hey, our team goes to playoffs in back in back to back years, and then sure. last year they have an opportunity to get to the ship. and And you and I are sitting here right now with microphones in front of us, and we're like, "They should be able to do more." <laughs> like, what? Why am I like this? Right. I mean, they have a talented roster, and you know they do so many amazing things in the community. It's very easy to root for. Hey, community is great. I love wins. <laughs> I like helping kids. Yep, hey, helping kids is great. Yeah, you know what I want. To beat the rival. Mm. I don't care how much the Yankees get back to the Bronx. They don't. I assume they, they hate don't. the Bronx. They hate them. Yeah. Please come out. 100 feet away from the building, sirs. I'm like, <laughs> I have a ticket. Let me in. Grab one. When we get back, we'll recap that conversation with Sebastian, talk a little bit about the Gladiators. And then, uh, well, the offseason is over, boys. Like, this is training camps are today. The offseason is over. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Does this song get white people turnt? It sounds like Lust for Life, but it's not. This what is, is this? Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Ah. One, two, three. Tell me how it's gonna be. Because you look so fine. I really want to make you mine. Then he starts yelling something. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi will be on the list. Hey, man, why are you giving these all away? There are so many. Hey, I know it gets white people turned. What's that? Not seeing a Kid Rock concert. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's like a couple thousand hillbillies in Dakota almost burnt the Dakotas down. Did you see this, Michael? Because they didn't get to see Kid Rock. There, all right, so it goes like this. Chris Brown... Morgan Wallen, Kid Rock. Okay. 
Like you, hey, you guys know us here in the industry. Mm-hmm. You need there's like a show in town. Like you know how often do we get calls for tickets to a show in town? Every show. Every show. Yeah. I am about to give away zero tickets ever to Morgan Whalen, Chris Brown, or Kid Rock. Cool. I'll pick at them. There are yeah. Yeah. If you want tickets to any of these shows, no, because when we have this talk all the time, I can't se- I can't separate the artist from the person. Right. And and that's really hard for me because a Kid Rock concert sounds like a good ass time, <sighs> but it always turns into the thing it's not supposed to turn into. Hold on, you're telling me a Kid Rock concert turned into a Kid Rock concert? This yes. is exactly what's supposed to happen. <laughs> I can't believe all these Kid Rock fans reacted poorly. Ah. My name is Kit. You know the place loses it, and you come out to that. Oh, of course. You come. You super come out to that. Get them turned up immediately. Because you know Cheryl Crow's not going to come out to this show. Like, they had that one banger. They stepped away from it. Oh, dude, she definitely put her picture away. Nice. Thank you. There's something ironic, too, where it's like we're talking about getting turned. But I'm talking about when it goes from... Like nothing to turn. Kid Rock fan goes from being a fan at a concert to just being what they are in regular life, which is way worse. Dave Chappelle fan refers to this as when keeping it real goes wrong. Oh. As multiple people were arrested in South Dakota, I think. that That is one of the two. One of them. I don't know why we need an even 50 states. Just combine the Dakotas already. Just call it Dakota. What do they get arrested for? Stealing copper? <laughs> That's what they did immediately after the concert. (laughs) Police showed up at the scene of the Kid Rock concert only to find that all the catalytic converters in the parking lot had gone missing. More on News at 10 whenever we return. That's the story, right? When Kid Rock comes to town, do all the stores double up on their Mountain Dew orders? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. They're like... I think so. They go to their distributor and they're like, you guys got got Fago or no? Hmm. All right, yeah, Mountain Dew's fine. <laughs> you go to a Kid Rock concert and you don't have to listen to Kid Rock, you actually kind of worked out for you. Yeah, this ain't so bad. You didn't know that your life just got better. <laughs> there, and Kid Rock, like, he won't say it, but they're like, hey, we canceled this for the safety of everyone involved. And they're like, did you? I was about, I, you Not know, security. No. Security got a lot of beer and water bottles to the face. It was not safer for them. There was a tornado in the area. Yeah, it was safer for Kid Rock's personal plane, but everyone else, that don't matter. If I can't die in a tornado listening to Kid Rock, then then, uh, 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 Brandon? (laughs) That's the fan base in South Dakota. Richie Valens all over again. Off-season. What would Kid Rock's La Bamba movie be called what's a la bamba movie never mind hey vital (laughs) they made a la bamba movie about kid rock when he died in a tornado going to that concert in south dakota what would you call it i don't even know what that movie is the richie valens story no clue la bamba oh with uh lou diamond phillips lou diamond phillips yep never seen it yeah it's jeff Grammer's favorite movie put that on the list yeah (laughs) Put that on the list of reasons. Speaking Cyclone. Of, speaking of tornadoes, Cyclone. yeah. Speaking of cyclones, the uh, the gladiators are going to have a uh, they're going to have a t- cyclone of an off season. Got to figure out the head coach. 
Got to figure out the quarterback. Check. Got to get Check. skill guys on the outside. Check. This is like every football team on the planet. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. There was a point when the Gladiators had the best of everything. The best of all three. Mm-hmm. So getting back to that level, doable? Yeah, I've seen it. I've literally have seen it done. Are the pieces that are currently in place going to be part of that? I hope so. I hope Nate Davis is back. I hope Ramon Atkins is back. I hope One of them. Yeah. Nate Davis, there's a special place in my heart for Nate Davis. Uh, I think he, he belongs here in Albuquerque. I think he's a great fit here in Albuquerque, and Albuquerque loves Nate Davis. I think Ramon Atkins, due to his you know, his skill set and age, yeah. he's going to get a chance somewhere else. Well, strong possibility. There's a, there's a smart GM out there that's looking at Ramon's tape. Mm-hmm. Like, this kid's going to get a shot somewhere. Well, I think I told you, you know, I broadcast him all last year for the Highlands, and when the defense breaks down and it spreads out and he can use his legs to do those things that you can't do in the confines of No, you cannot. Cannot. Mm-mm. He's a dude who's a dude. And and Ramon can throw it through the uprights. Sling it. No matter what part of the field Mm-mm, he's on. Does not. Yeah, he can get a shot somewhere. I think he's gonna have a real high trajectory the next couple years. NFL offseason is officially over. Training cancer is filling out. Like, there's tweets now. Your boy is healthy. Let's go. Okay, Raheem, we got it. That couldn't just showed up at camp. I guess we're living in a different day. Everybody except for Leonard Fournette is in the best shape of their life right now. What happened to Leonard Fournette? He got hungry. Dog. He's so big. He's supposed to have an appetite for another trophy. Who's, like, the best fat Not another back? serving. What's the best fat running back? Jerome Bettis? Best fat running back. It's got to be Jerome Bettis. And the, and uh, how about the guy with the Seattle and the Ray Raiders? With the uh, Skittles. Seattle and the Ra- oh, Marshawn. Oh, he's not fat, though. No, Marshawn ain't fat. He's just thick. He's thick with three Cs. Oh, my gosh. Ride the bus. Me- recent memory. Like, if you were to put together an like a all-time fat guy team, your quarterback is Jerome Bettis. I mean, your running back. Your running back's Jerome Bettis. And your quarterback's Jared Lorenzen. All right, Jamarcus Russell. Give me Lorenzen. Oh, your guy. You know the best fat running back is? Is your guy. 27 in Green Bay. A.J. Dillon? Lacey. Oh, Lacey. Oh, he slimmed Eddie, down. Eddie Lacey. Eddie Lacey yeah. was fat. We had to pay a lot of it. money. and <laughs> He got paid, too. Weight control fees. He got paid and spent it all on White Castle. Like he bought some White Castles? Like no, no, stores? no. One by one. Isn't it crazy to look at that position and be like, all right, like these fat guys are going to do really good. And then you got guys like Najee Harris, and you're like, dude ain't got no fat. Like, they play the same thing. Leonard Fournette wins ships, but he won't fat then. He wasn't fat at that time. A lot of, a lot of players come into OTAs overweight because they're about to start working out in July and August. Yeah, 30 gonna years su- ago. They're going to sweat it all out in a month. Leonard Fournette's going to be 230 pounds by week one. I guarantee it. You think it's like that? Yeah. A lot of players come in heavier. So Not 40 pounds heavier like Fournette did, but usually like when you start your season, you start training with your team, you're 20 pounds overweight. What do you say he weighs? 260. Derrick Henry weighs 247. I bet he comes in like 265. He can run 21 miles per hour. Guys, 
He's 245 pounds and can run 21 miles per hour. He's bigger than your linebackers and stronger than your linebackers when they faster than yeah. your linebackers. His parents were like, you know what we should do? We should make him like that movie Predator. That dude is unreal. I mean, well, that one braid is by choice, I believe. I don't know if the parents did that. All right. I do like that take. <laughs> Two men on. 95.9 FM. Was OJ Simpson fat? No. No. 95.9 FM and AM6. Wait. His lawyers got fat. His lawyers did get fat. Edron James ended up fat, didn't he? How so? 95.9 FM and AM610. The sports animal. I don't think this song qualifies. This is OK Go. That's correct. correct? But I don't think they're musicians. I think they're YouTube stars. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, they're definitely known more for their videos than for their music couple stories to know. We hit it on a Friday. So right after the stock market closes on Friday, even though it happened on Wednesday, the WWE releases Vince McMahon. And by releases, I mean he stepped down. Fired himself. Fired himself. Then this morning, the WWE says, hey, actually, we need to report like $14 million that wasn't revenue that we're going to not make Vince McMahon pay and we're going to pay it out of expenses. <laughs> By the way, don't ask what it's for. Sure. <sighs> Didn't he already have to pay out $14 million? Yes, but now already having to pay out $14 million for hush money? Not a crime. Having to pay out $14 million and defrauding investors on gains? Huge issue. Mm-hmm. He gone. Yeah. So, in an inmates run the asylum kind of thing, there are a couple guys in the history of wrestling who are the best guys in the history of wrestling. The Undertaker. Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena. Hey, I love me some John Cena. Duh. Duh. That dude does stuff for human beings far and beyond what he should be doing. 100% true. It's amazing. The record for most Make-A-Wishes at over 650. He's incredible. You can keep running the list. On that list is a guy named Paul Levesque. You're like, who's Paul Levesque? No clue. Hunter Hearst Hemsley. And you're like, who's Hunter Oh. Triple H. Yeah. Created Degeneration X. He's that whole thing. What was the Triple H name again? Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That's a CEO's name. Yes. He should be the CEO of WWE by name alone. Well, he is married to this co-CEO, Stephanie McMahon, and he is now taking over the creative, the story writing for all of WWE. And to me, 13-year-old so, me. So he's coming back. <laughs> is he going to come back as soon as SummerSlam this weekend? He very well could come back as soon. Well, he can't wrestle because his heart exploded, obviously due to steroids. Whoa, that's dangerous. You know how it'd be. I don't. But th <laughs> but thirteen year old me, who loved a Generation X okay. because Triple H would tell me at home and my family to suck it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Duh, took the world by storm. He was the suck it guy. He's the suck it guy. Huh. So now get ready for WWE to have skulls on everything and leather jackets all over the place. It's going to be the coolest thing ever. I can't okay. wait. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, leather jackets. Hey, when I was like 13, leather jacket with the sleeves cut off, I thought it was a way cooler look than it actually was. When you were 13? Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's, that it's wildly inefficient. Leather jacket with the sleeves cut off? Why do you want all that? extra cow skin and weight right around your torso 
and then just completely ruin it by not having sleeves and keeping the heat you're generating in. So you can wear a denim jacket underneath, a full sleeve denim jacket, and then a leather jacket with no sleeves over the top? A human being did that and walked out in public? And it was so cool. Who was it? Triple H. Triple H did that? Yes. A jean jacket with a sleeveless leather jacket on top? And like 13-year-old me is like, hey, that dude listens to Motorhead. That dude is bad. Okay, hold on. I listen to Motorhead. Yeah. That's not part of this equation. So anyways, the denim jacket, full long sleeve. Was the collar flipped up? Of course. Okay, collar was flipped up. Black t-shirt with like white skull on it. You know what I'm talking about? I do like not. A, like a cool skull with some Motorhead style lettering. Okay. Lots of Motorhead vibes here. I like that a lot. That's, yeah. the, that's the part I like. And then a sleeveless leather jacket on top? Yeah, and maybe... Maybe also this could be reversed. It could be like a leather jacket underneath and then a sleeveless denim jacket on top. Were her, was his friends just like, yeah, that looks great, bro. No. You should totally go out there. His friends were like, good start. Put some rye stones around the cutoff sleeve part of that jacket. <laughs> they said, why are you dressed like a yeah. kid rock song? Have you thought about maybe like, I don't know, putting like a loose hanging chain on there somewhere? <laughs> Does that jacket come with a pack of Winstons? <laughs> Also, by the way, Triple H is one world championship away becoming the all-time everything, everything. Oh, so... Bet that happens. So he needs to get a new pacemaker. Yeah. Get his heart wrapped up, get some stints. Lots of skulls, lots of crowns, lots of metal. This is the business, boys. Hey, also, Vince McMahon is a full-on creep, but because he left WWE, I can be a WWE fan again. I love it. XFL talk whenever we get back. It's similar to football. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Uno. Dos. Trace. XFL third try. Catorce. That song gets white people turned. The Uno, Dos, Trace, Catorce song? Yeah, is that a U2 song? U2. That song gets white people turned. Because they don't know Spanish. They don't know it goes 1, 2, 3, 14. What is 14? Catorce. Oh, I would not have known that. It's also yeah. that in Italian, too. It's what? Catorce. What, that better be correct, because yeah, I'm going to retell Italians. that fact to people down the road, and if anyone corrects me on it, I'm calling you. Okay, call me. I'll say, say, you know what? You were right, Vital. Yeah, let me call Vital real quick. Eight, 505-8 Catorce. So I'll call you. Third third time's a charm, question mark? The XFL is back. <sighs> I never thought I'd say this, but I like the USFL's chances better. So here's but the difference. Football is football, though. Money in this one. Now that we're past COVID, there's football. no more. And then investing in this league. Like there's, there's some people behind it with money. In- there's some people with money behind this. As opposed to the USFL, which only plays their games in a high school field in Birmingham, Alabama. Bad news. Football. Yeah, talking football. Outside football, inside football, seven-man football, only offensive drill football. This is a football, USFL football. Friday night football. That's a football, under the lights football. Daytime football, after church football. That's that's what Birmingham, Alabama football is. Okay. 
They like football is what you're saying. They, all types of football. Okay. Monday night football, Thursday night football, collegiate football, <laughs> high school football, <laughs> pro football, other forms of pro football. I believe the European League could make a comeback. There, I believe that we can win football. That's that one. Three million ticket sale request for that game over in Germany football. I can't tell if you're doing Forrest Gump yes. or Froggy Fresh. Both. Okay. <laughs> football with my John Cena action figure. <laughs> a brand new John Cena action figure. I need two seats for this football game, one for myself and one for my John Cena action gene figure. <laughs> XFL, and they do it because XFL, WWE, it's all one thing, blah, blah, blah. The Rock's an, an owner now because... The Rock's an owner? Yeah, so The Rock's an owner. Okay, I'm back in. What's his team? He, well, he owns them all. Hawaii? No, he's the owner of the league. He's the owner of the league. Oh, not a team. No. Okay. And you picked Hawaii because he's American Samoan. That's why you picked Hawaii. It's close. You went Pacific Island. Okay. Is American Samoa going to have a team? Even though he grew up in Florida, played at the University of Miami, which, by the way, the SEC wants nothing to do with. And you thought because it's adjacent-ish. Yeah, yeah, Cold take. The Rock? Uh, I think I nailed it. The Rock and Danny Garcia. Do you know who Danny Garcia is? Danny Garcia. I don't think so. So I think she's like. Oh, it's a girl? It, yeah. Okay. So I think she's like the, the fifth judge on Shark Tank. Like they never put her on episodes, but she ends up buying like into all the businesses that they don't buy on Shark Tank. But she used to be a bodybuilder. Oh, she does look thick. She. <laughs> Danny Garcia Rock. Why did they say Rock? What's that? The Google says Danny Garcia. Oh, because people search for the Rock. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. So that's who's in on the ownership group. All right, cool. I'm also in on it. She owns like portfolios and Under Armour Voss. Used to be married to the Rock. Oh, that might be 11 years. Okay, there you go. There's their association. So obviously still in good standing, are they? But I think she was married to The Rock before he was The Rock. Correct. Like a when, while he was The Rock. Yeah, or becoming The Rock. Before he was really The Rock. But we both know. Her, bro- that, her brother's a director or that, producer. And he makes like the Jumanji films and Jumanji, stuff yeah, with yeah. The Rock. This is a weird threesome. The, well, it's a money launderer. I cannot stress this enough. This is so gross. So... Vince McMahon, who is no longer with the WWE due to reasons. Mm, gross ones. He's in on this uh, XFL thing, but he can't really be because of reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, there's eight teams. Are you ready? Okay. Seattle. Okay. They got a name. They already have a football team. <sighs> Asking me the team names is a terrible trick. Because I want to tell you, yes, they all have team names. Do I want to tell you that they'll continue to be those team names? I can't do that. Okay. They regularly change that stuff. So Seattle has a team, which is good. This Last time they had a team, it was the Dragons. I don't know if they're welcoming back the Dragons. I don't know if it's a new franchise. Yeah, none of these teams have uh, 
name. That's what I'm saying. It's all a little bit up in the air. Yeah. Las Vegas has a team. You're noticing a theme here. Both of these cities already have. They don't have a name. They already have. Or a stadium. No, they do. They all have stadiums. But they have. I got the stadiums down. So, for instance, in Seattle, they're going to play at Lumen Field, which used to be CenturyLink Field. Like in St. Louis, because St. Louis has a team, they're playing at the Dome. The Las Vegas team, there is not announced yet. Correct. But they have a place, they just haven't announced it. Correct. They do have a coach. They got a pretty good one. Rod Woodson. The Rod Woodson. Got some drip. Yeah. Rod Woodson's got some drip. San Antonio has a team. They don't have an NFL team. There's some big name coaches here. Wade Phillips is in, efforting Wade him, Phillips. getting him Bob's, on the Bob Stoops. Same. Rod Rod Woodson's teammate, Heinz Ward. Jim Hazlitt. These are all names that you know from the NFL. Mm-hmm. St. Louis has a team. They don't have a profession, an NFL team. Arlington has a team. That's pretty freaking close to Dallas. As close as it gets. Houston has a team. Yep. They already have a team. Washington, D.C. has a team. They already have a team. Orlando has a team. Okay, they're going to be really excited about that in Orlando. Yeah, so Orlando, San Antonio, St. Louis, they all have XFL teams and don't have NFL teams. Now, you know my ties to the one city, and the fan base in St. Louis for the Battlehawks, they're about as excited as any fan base I've ever seen, according to social media over the weekend. And to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Does Washington, D.C. have a real team? I mean, come on. Come on. There's a franchise there. Carson Wentz. Do they have a team, though? Do you think the Arlington-Dallas thing is a thing? Do you think, like, Jerry Jones is paying them not to use the Dallas moniker? Quite likely. I agree. Yeah, quite likely. Also, where's your East Coast presence here outside of D.C.? There's a lot of people on the East Coast. What are you doing? You just forgetting a whole market? Don't count Orlando. I swear to God, dude. Yeah. New England is not represented whatsoever. Not at all. But there's only eight teams. You think there's going to be more? If it's a success, if the Rock shows up all the time, three of there's eight teams, three of them are in Texas. <laughs> Texas loves that football. Loves it. The thing that's a little interesting to me is that if you're going to have, and again, I can't tell you about all the team names. I don't know, but I like the the announcements you were talking about, like Bob Stoops and who's going to like head coach Arlington. Looks just like the Dallas team colors last year. Wade Phillips with Houston, same colors. Like I would imagine they don't change that up much. And how is there any way that Heinz Ward is going to head coach a San Antonio team that's not a black and yellow jersey? So you think of Las Vegas with Ron Woodson and San Antonio with Heinz Ward are both going to be black and yellow? Yes, I do. <laughs> no, we're yellow and black. <laughs> Who's Anthony Beck, and why is he the head coach of my St. Louis whatever? Is that how you say Beck? That is Beck. Will people tune into this XFL? Of course they will. It's football, bro. Didn't no one watch the USFL? No one. And if you look at like their YouTube and stuff, they got videos with like 
60 views. Well, I thought they did a poor job of getting those teams to their respective home sites. You just everybody played in Alabama. That's how do you how, how do you build a fan base? How do you build a fan base when you have three teams in Texas, only two teams in the East Coast time zone? Don't count Orlando, really just one. Is your whole revenue plan game day revenue? Like where's your media revenue? Where's your where's your television? They have to have something cooking. Because the rock's involved. They have to. And you, we have to be able to smell it. What he's cooking? Yes. I see what he did there. Mm-hmm. They got to have something going on. WWE has deals already with Fox and NBC. So you think those are things. Also, the NFL just got rid of game day or whatever. NFL game day, that's dead. That died yesterday. Rip. NFL Plus is the new thing. So you know that people are willing to pay. Is there a diehard of these eight city fans? Or maybe if you have a player that you're a fan of in college, I'm not going to pay $12 a month. Not only do you have to give it to me over the air, you have to do it in a way that's like easily consumable to me. I think, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. if Albuquerque had a team, we'd be behind it, right? 100%. We'd root for them. Duh. We'd support them. Run the front office. We'd be out in the streets with them. Mm-hmm. We'd probably have side gigs with them. There's no doubt. Yeah. So I think there's going to be enough of a fan base for this to exist. But on somebody who's outside of the area, if you're outside of Orlando area, why do you care about Orlando? Whatever their name is going to be. I cannot come up with a hard reason to right. care about Orlando. It's going to be local fan. And I get the Texas thing. I know we got to go to break, Michael. I get the Texas thing because there's such an obsession with football, you'll get people out. You know what there is to do in Orlando? So much. Florida has so much going on. Yeah, Orlando's got like a little Disney thing there or something. Well, that's like a separate continent or something. Though. It's like a, it's, it's a country of its own. Is it really? It's governed that way. It's got certain laws, yeah. Okay. It's like the Vatican now. It's in it's this is gonna sound weird. You're correct. <laughs> I bet you Disney makes almost the same amount of money as the Vatican. There's no I bet way it, I bet it's close. Bam Morris from the Texter, fat running back. Okay, that's a good one. It's a good one. That is a good one. Put that on the list. JJ Buck, whenever we get back. Talk about the Mountain West meet. There was a lot going on in Vegas, Mountain West-wise. And we'll have J.J. break it down for us. It's two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Well, Van, sometimes professionally I get jealous of our colleagues. When I say sometimes, I mean this past week when J.J. Buck got to go to the Mountain West media football, Las Vegas everything party. J.J., welcome to the show. Uh, what up, boys? What's going on? I'm oh, doing yo, yo, good. Yo. I mean, I know I gave you 10 bucks before you left. How'd the roulette table go? Ooh, let's just say somehow you gave me 10 and we lost about 100. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I go to Vegas. Compound interest. <laughs> That's how I go. And, uh, was this your first Mountain West uh, football media days? It was my first time uh, being out there for the junkets. I mean, I, give me an idea. Give me in the front of the show an idea like, like, don't give me the walking off the plane. Don't give me all that stuff. Give me, like, the walking into the event and who's there and what's going on. 
Well, they actually have us spaced out um, pretty nicely in terms of the for work environment. Um, so the radio stations kind of have their own hallway, and the tables are maybe like 15, 20 feet apart. Uh, the print guys are stuffed in some room in the corner. And then each ballroom has, like, their CBS Sports, their Fox Sports, so they're doing all their uh, recordings when you're watching the game and a player pops up or a coach is talking, that's when they knock all those out. So they have it set up pretty nicely to where, man, it's a car wash. You guys know how it is. They bring the, the players in, the coaches in, and just bam, 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 knock it out. All right, who had the best swag? That's a good question. Talking stickers, water bottles, T-shirts. Was it a team? Was it a network? Who, who had the best gift bags? Well, I know for the, the gift bags and stuff, they didn't really give those out. Um, but in terms of what COVID's over, Bowl, JJ. Yeah, the New Mexico Bowl, of course. Shout out Justin Vieta, Arizona Bowl. Um, they're there because they're partners with the conference, so they're giving out some hats and some stickers. But it's more the resort. That's kind of the, the bonus mm. for the players. This was at the Mandalay Bay, so the players get to be at the resort, do their thing, and. You know, it's just about eight to three, and each session is divided in half. So, man, these players get a nice amount of time to chill in Las Vegas. I like everything about that. So uh, the conference is splitting up, and they're getting absorbed by the Pac-10, and this is where you learned about it, and you just are waiting for our show to tell everyone? Oh, my gosh. You can't, like, everyone – so here's the, the funny thing about the Mountain West right now is everyone is, like, looking at their phone waiting for that phone call. Like, is the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever it is now going to call us? And there's that understanding from the head coaches to the ADs. Like, everyone in that room is looking around going, you know what? Together we're pretty good, but we all know that whoever gets that phone call is going. And there's that mutual understanding, and I think everyone's okay with it. What, what, do you, what is your prediction for the future of the Mountain West? Do we hang on and cling to what we have, or is there going to be a great migration of the teams? Well, right now it's just kind of hang on to this any – thing you can get from the college football playoffs with the quote-unquote power conferences are still going to play non-conference games against you, you know, pay a million and a half bucks to show up Ooh, and get beat in those non-conference games. Um, because it was really kind of all quiet on the Western front because what everyone was talking about is right now the Pac-10 is just kind of trying to restabilize itself and they don't necessarily see – money for them in adding a San Diego State or a Fresno State right now would just be more mouth to feed. Predictions come out from the coaches, and obviously the media gets together and they have conversations too, and it, it's like 20 years straight Boise State has been like like picked as the favorite, and if it's not 20 years, that's close enough. Where, where's New Mexico falling amongst the coaches? What's What's kind of the consensus on the talent level and the growth of the program? Well, they got a lot of praise for what they've done defensively. Good. Every coach in this conference respects Rocky Long. They see the steps forward, um, but they still look at their offense, and they were terrible. They scored, I think, the final month of the season, they averaged eight points per game. So it's, it's like you should accidentally score eight points in a football game these days, and that was the Lobos' offense in the season. So until they show something, until they show a heartbeat offensively, it's good job, good effort on your defense. But you ain't got an offensive quarterback to compete. So Lobo is still coming in at the bottom of the mountain. And you mentioned, you know, Boise State. And there's this interesting relationship with Boise State and kind of everyone else in that room because you understand the brand that Boise State is. They've done it. They've won big-time games. They've backed it up. They still kind of have that, hey, we're the big dog on campus feel to them. They haven't won the conference in a while. 
They were seven and five last season. And as you said, Fred, you know, they just continue to get picked all the time to win the conference. Feels like it every Mountain year. Mountain West is caught up, right? The Mountain West is caught up to Boise State. So there's teams in this conference. They ain't scared of Boise State. Boise State shows trying to say, hey, we're the big bad guys here. And it's an interesting dynamic when you see them in a the room. Besides realignment, what was the big talking point? What was the buzz of the conference? Now, I, I do really think it was just trying to reinforce where the Mountain West is in the college football landscape. And we know it's not a power conference. We understand that. But right now, being the best of the rest isn't a bad thing if they have the Pac-12, the Big 12, they start looking to plug teams, maybe it's the Mountain West, or maybe if somehow, some way, the Pac-12 blows up, we see you know Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah go to the Big 12, I know they're sitting over there, you know, in, in Stanford and Cal and their polos and everything saying, hey, we're uh, great. Who knows? Maybe you could see them in the Mountain West. You know, Oregon State and Washington State would still need a place to play football. So the buzz was they're really confident in where they sit right now, what the, the product they put out there on the field, how they're positioned within all this conference realignment. And honestly, too, like, just go back, look at the NFL draft last year. This conference puts dudes in the NFL that are playing at a high level. So whenever everyone's in the same spot, obviously you're, you're meeting coaches and players from all the teams. And how did you feel like our boys, Danny Gonzalez and Wysong, like in the players that went with us, how did you feel like they represented juxtaposition to the players and coaches from other schools? Well, Jarek Reed, the, the defender that Danny Gonzalez brought, he's team captain, he's an all-conference player. So you know, he walks in there, he, he believes he should be there. Luke Wysong is a really interesting guy. He's a sophomore didn't expect a lot of him last season. He was a big-time contributor in special teams, played a lot offensively. And even this morning, when we talked to Danny Gonzalez again, he brought up Luke Wysong as a player. People don't know just how good he is. So I think for Luke, it was still kind of an eye-opening moment. This young sophomore is still trying to make his way. But when you get picked to go to Mountain West Media Days, you're a pretty good player. That's, like a, that's a big honor. There's two dudes out of the entire football team they get to go to those things. So I think it, you, know, you saw the confidence start to build in Luke and understanding that, hey, they, they are expecting a lot of me in this offense at, at UNM this season. And just really on the entire conference, you got from the best quarterbacks, it was an interesting dynamic. Jay Kaner, the Fresno State quarterback, he's kind of getting the hype, the NFL draft buzz. And then you have Logan Bonner, the kid from Utah State, who started at Arkansas State. They won the Mountain West Championship game last year. He's got that bit of a swag to him and you can understand why guys in the locker room might be buying into Logan Bonner so just kind of seeing those dudes how they interact against each other kind of eyeing each other in the hallway it's going to set up for some good stuff this season all right what's the off the wall prediction what do we not see coming from the Mountain West this year my off the wall prediction would be UNLV being bowl eligible so a six win UNLV team it's easy to get jaded in these conversations. I had to remind myself that not all these teams are going to be good. Some of these coaches are going to get fired. Some of these teams are going to win one or two games because it's so easy to leave a media session because you know, everyone's great. They all worked out. Great shape. All this, all this fun stuff. But, man, I like this guy. Oh, I like this coach. But Marcus Arroyo at UNLV, there's just a different intensity to this guy. There's a different focus. They've been – hitting the transfer portal, bringing some power conference players along with some solid recruiting classes. 
So if you're looking for out of left field, I think UNLV takes a step forward this season. Hey, I'm glad you brought up the transfer portal. So whenever these coaches or whatever, even you media guys, you get behind closed doors, is transfer portal the biggest conversation right now in the Mountain West? And do you feel like people are looking or fishing for information on maybe players you know or maybe players you might know about? You know, that, that's one. It's funny that it seemed like just like a month ago, NIL and all that stuff was going to kill college athletics. And then you had conference realignment. And they're like, oh, no, the game's destroyed. And now you're kind of back to the transfer portal stuff, especially with the announcement that it's unlimited now. Right. <laughs> you can transfer all four years if you wanted to. There's, there's really, from the coaches, it's not as, oh, my gosh, the world is collapsing as you kind of get from the fans. Like it's, they understand that you know there's the business side to it. They don't want players recruited off their roster, but they know in the offseason things can happen. You have friends on other teams. Maybe your quarterback reaches out to someone. So it's kind of this like unspoken thing where you don't do it outwardly, but you know all the, the dirty stuff is probably going on behind the scenes. So I th- you guys are both aware, you know, I obviously have an um, like a job at New Mexico Highlands University. Hmm. The Division Two transfer portal right now has something like twelve thousand athletes in it. It's something ridiculous. Twelve thousand. Well, most of them are nothing, and will never do anything. Like it's not like a real factor. Like you might find my name in there, right? Yeah. But what it really breaks down to is, it just means you're able to call them. Outside of that, it doesn't really mean yeah. anything else. Like you already know what guys you're going to target. You already know what you're going to go after. And I guess that's my follow up, and probably my last question, JJ, is if you were able to get any of those like closed door meetings and and be a fly on those walls, um, how quickly do those conversations dissolve? Because guys already, teams already know what guys they want. So is it immediately go to, if you had them, what you would do with them? Or is that, or is that just so pie in the sky that they don't even think to ask it? Uh, they, they don't really think to ask it. And a lot of it still with, you know, football is much different than basketball because it's really right now only like the quarterback position that you can have to the immediate transfers. So there's still a little bit more, when it comes to the football teams kind of dealing it out, is this guy going to fit? Let me make some more phone calls on him just because of the size of the locker room. And, and you can bring in the best linebacker in the country. You put him on a bad football team, you know, it's point. not going to matter yeah, what, he, what he does at that point in time. So, it's, you know, in football, it still is a little bit different. There's still a lot more digging that goes on. Now, the fact that they're immediately eligible, you're seeing teams try to go after more of those guys and one recruiting class, similar to what Utah State did, man. Blake Anderson comes in, he brings his quarterback from Arkansas State, which that wasn't a given. And that, that's one of the things, before we get out of here, let you know is, man, we had like 12, 13 player conversations that were playing on the opening drive. And, and that's what really got me interested in going to Mountain Media Days is hearing the stories and hearing Utah State, Logan Bonner. You know, he, he transferred from Arkansas State, and he was dead set. He's like, he's going to Middle Tennessee State. And then the, the offense coordinator called and said, hey, we got a different guy. There's not a spot for you here. And I was like, what am I going to do? And, and just all these life stories that are in there. So that's what I got out of it, talking to players. But back to your point on the transfer portal, it's, it's going to be cray-cray, and it's going to be cray-cray for a while. The Nevada added two big wide receivers through the transfer portal. And it's almost like, at any, in my opinion, it's, you can go literally from the bottom to the top. Like I think, but also exact opposite where like if you're a program at the top and maybe you had some guys that played as seniors and, and maybe you got disgruntled players, they're going to leave right away. 
So I, d- I don't know if it's the the bonus of acquisition or the negative of subtraction that's going to end up balancing this thing out. But I think it's a conversation to be had at least the rest of the summer. So, JJ, thank you so very much for taking time with us, brother. You got it, boys. Have a good one. Appreciate you. See JJ tomorrow night at Isotopes Park. Come hang out with your boys. We're live from Isotopes Park. It is, uh, I don't know, what is it? It's Sports Media Appreciation Day. What is it? Uh, it's something? Is that oh, a- wait, is it for everyone, not just us? I think it's just for us. It's like Sports Animal Appreciation Day. Yeah, I think you're right. Day. Yeah. Vital, do you get to come out to the ballpark, or do you have to be here producing the show? Yeah, I won't get out there. You want to trade spots? You want me to produce nah, the show? okay. You guys like going out there. I I basically live there. I could take a day off. I was there like every day this weekend. Same. There was only three days you could be there. I was there all of them. Yep. Oh, Duke's retro night would have been cool. It It was Hall of Fame induction. It was the whole thing. They do a good job out there. Today, oh, we're not at the varsity yet, are we? You know what I did? I looked at my show notes. I was about to skip over my St. Louis Cardinals not sending their two all-stars, well, two of their all-stars, to Toronto because um, the St. Louis Cardinals are now the baddies. <sighs> Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. So I don't usually pull punches, right? I'm like, hey, if I, if I hate your stinking guts, I say that out loud. I don't hate kids and I don't hate amateur athletes. Professional athletes, I regularly hate. That's kind of our job to lambast them. Where are you going with this? Kansas City. Lambast well, means to make fun of. I told I told you I hated Kansas City. <laughs> you said why? Because their entire roster couldn't go to Toronto because they're unvaccinated. I told you I hated Boston. You said why? Because all their best players said they're unvaccinated. Well, they're closer. My St. Louis Cardinals are not taking three players to Toronto. Two of those players are Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, you mean perennial MVP candidates, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt? Those two? Also, Austin Romine, what will we do without him? So, get another bullpen catcher. (sighs) I just don't. How does it feel? I feel like I'm living in Spain, but without the S. Like, this is the worst. This is the absolute worst. It's like it's like my stepdad doesn't love me. Nobody in baseball is more hated than these two teams. The Houston Astros yeah. and the New York Yankees. I would agree probably with what you're saying. The two most hated franchises in all of baseball. Guess who's won two in the American League? Guess who's completely vaccinated? Those two teams. Those two teams. Is guess, there? Guess who's now going to lose their season series against the NL Central by one game and miss the playoffs? I the Cardinals probably. There's a there's a chance. I will say it like this: I want Houston and New York to not make it to the World Series for this reason. I want Toronto to make it to the World Series. I want Toronto to make it to the World Series so bad that I don't care what NL team plays them, I want that team to lose. If it was the St. Louis Cardinals somehow overcoming the odds over the L.A. Dodgers and no one else, 
and they had to play in Toronto for the World Series, they would lose. And I would be obsessed with it forever. It's it's legit hilarious that, okay, in their defense, they're <sighs> insanely healthy professional athletes, okay? COVID is not going to affect them like most people. But how do they know that? Do they know that? Have they mapped their own genetic code to figure out how COVID will affect them? They have no idea. All I know is they're not team players. They're not team players. Those are me people. They don't care about winning. And you would think it'd be the opposite in St. Louis. You would think. Because Cardinals have a rich history of being a team-first organization. Everyone does their part. You come together as a team. You win together as a team. I am flabbergasted Also, that they allowed this to happen. The organization? Yes. And that's interesting because if you recall, you probably don't because this story should not have resonated with anyone. Tyler O'Neill, who used to play for Seattle, now plays for the Cardinals. Kind of. <laughs> he got like publicly shamed into getting the vaccine. Like, it was like a whole deal. And what, Pauly G and Noli Arinawi, they're just sitting in the corner doing nothing, watching their boy catch heat. Didn't say peep. Tyler O'Neill's going to Toronto. Losers. What is your team when you're like, be more like Tyler O'Neill? Oh, don't hit and get sitting down to the minors? Well, no, 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 no. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Yeah, that's what you meant. Are you surprised there aren't more players? On St. Louis? Yeah. Um, well, if it reflected the St. Louisian society, I would be surprised there's not more unvaccinated. But for it to be without argument and without question, your two best players, the veteran presence in your locker room, the people that you count on to lead a group of men, considering that it's them, I am wildly surprised. There's all these talks about like trading Dylan Carlson and a bunch of futures and prospects and money to get Juan Soto from the Nationals. And Juan Soto has publicly said, Hey, I don't want to play for the Nationals. I'm going to play on a team that's committed to winning. Mm-hmm. You know what Juan Soto just saw? St. Louis? Nolan Arenado, who really wants guys and talent around him. The reason he left Colorado. Sorry, purple and white fans. He just saw a team that's not committed to winning. He's not going to accept a trade to loser-ass St. Louis because their two best players refuse to be their two best players in Canada. The two best players get their science from One America News. Oh, gosh. It's sad. It's sad for you. I'm, that, I'm bummed for you. Yeah, because Paul Goldschmidt seemed too good to be true for so long. You almost, you literally, and friends of the show know this, loyal listener knows this, literally. Yeah. Not the figurative definition of literally, like girls go literally. Literally. Fred, you literally almost died of COVID. Literally. And you have to sit here and watch your heroes just act like it's nothing. Yeah. It's it's worse than nothing. Because as like the boys are boarding the plane to go to Toronto, Goldie and Nato 
are there at the because they don't go through like a regular airport. They go up the little stair things outside, and they're just holding up double middle fingers to all the guys as they get on the plane. Or they plan this out all year, and they're going to pull a, a Witten and Romo and go to the beach with their ladies. Also, shades of Aaron Rodgers. So now you're super into Paul Goldschmidt, right? And you expect him to be league MVP. <laughs> He's leading <laughs> for National League MVP right now. Maybe that says something about the vaccine, huh? Today's I-9 Varsity is the I-9 Varsity of songs that get white people turned. Mm. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. All right, I think the varsity is going to be short. But, I mean, if we didn't shorten it, this whole segment could go like, we, we could do the varsity for an hour on this one. I could do three hours on this subject. Today's I-9 Varsity. Connect with I-9 Sports League Office 280 at i9sports.com, 505-312-4999. And I know, like, friends of the show are connecting with I-9 Varsity because I was at a golf tournament a couple weeks ago, and one of the participants was like, hey, like, first of all, welcome to Highlands University. I was like, thank you. And then they were like, love the show. By the way, my kid loves playing basketball in I-9 Sports. And I was Aww. like, oh, That's special. Super cute. Kind of like the number one business, like friend of the show that people talk to me about is New Mexico Pinion Coffee. Easily. That's easily number one. Yeah. And then it's fun to get like those little shout outs all the way through. All right. Today's I-9 Varsity is songs that never fail to make white people be on turnt. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with an obvious one. This one is a pool banger. If you're going to the municipal swimming pool, this one is a one. Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. So it has Billy Ray Cyrus. Legend. Yeah, singing. Who, if if I made like a more extensive list, would have multiple Billy Ray Cyrus songs. Because Billy Ray, every song with Billy Ray Cyrus that he touches gets white people beyond turned. That is correct. So I'm going with that. Give me Old Town Road. By, oh, there it is, Mike. Boom. People get turned to this. Yes. And it's, this is a good example of different kinds of turnt. Yes. Because, number one, white people love this song, and it's got a simple beat to dance to. Yes. And also... White less, people hate it as well. Less inclusive white people hate it <laughs> because they don't want their kids listening to a gay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, Michael. First on my I-9 varsity, uh-huh. songs that get white people turned. Yes. And I was thinking house party stuff, but for in my head, I went karaoke vibe. Very smart. Okay. So I thought the most karaoke get wild people turned songs. Yeah. I'm going to start with Africa by Toto. Okay, that's a very good get white people turned white song. White people turn up to 11 for Africa. So, and you wouldn't think they do. The only reason I'm not going to put it on my list is I think it's also a dinner party song. And I don't think at a dinner party do I get turnt. Uh, the instrumental is a wonderful dinner party song. The- <laughs> but people, white people love karaokeing this song. Africa by Toto. Yes. Uh, also, I hate this about it. I feel like everyone has tried to do a cover of Africa by Toto. That is also true. But they do it the exact same way that Toto, who sings Africa, does it. Yeah. So it's not even like a cover. It's it's literally just like an impersonation. Mm-hmm. If you if you're with the buddies like helping with some landscaping in the backyard and this one comes on, everyone's gonna take an extra long sip of their beer. Mm Mm-hmm. 
This one does not at all compare to Dancing Queen by ABBA. That's a good one. You put Dancing Queen by ABBA on, mm-hmm. white people super turnt. It says you can dance <laughs> in the middle of the song. Like it's, it gives you instructions. Yes. Like, hey, white guy, you can dance. Also with ABBA, like as far as pop groups from countries that I never thought would create pop groups, Sweden. Sweden, yeah. Pretty good. So give me Dancing Queen by, and by the way, I think it came out in like the early 70s, has withstand the test of time. They're up, their candy bars are oh, good 76. too. 76. 76, says Michael. You would know. Michael would know. Yeah. Their candy bars are great too, by the way. ABBA. ABBA Zabba's. Yeah, I'm very yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to keep going in order. <laughs> if you've been to karaoke with a bunch of white people before, uh-huh. you know... I don't know that one. What is that? Hey Jude by the Beatles. It's very good. Because everyone loves to scream sing mm-hmm. right at the crescendo. Now, here's the thing. Michael can't play that one. Because that's not ASCAP, CSAC, BMI approved. Because the Beatles have never given their rights to broadcast radio. Oh, okay. We'll skip out on that. So one. we can't can't play that one. I just jump into yours. Yeah. Okay. No, but it's not the whole song. It's just the jute, 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 jute. <laughs> just that one part of the song gets white people turned. Is uh, is Ignition by R. Kelly still canceled? That's still canceled, right? Very much so. Okay, so that one that one does not get white That people. would have been number one. Does not get white people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do-Wah Diddy by Manfred Mann is my number one answer. That's strong. Uh, Do-Wah Diddy is an absolute banger. I'm named literally after the song. Um I could do an acapella, like in a single breath. Like it's it's at or near the most get you turnt song, and it doesn't even hit hard. But it's about fellowship and love, and I'm about that life. We might have to continue this after the break. <laughs> got any honorable mentions? Uh, I got a few honorable mentions uh, from the texture. We got Sweet Caroline. Oh, gets people super turnt. Yeah, shout out to Hank. That's a great answer. Oh, we will rock you by Queen. Super tur- Classic. turnt. Classic. Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, Super Turnt. Great. Saying Ain't So by Weezer. Okay, my two big ones. Yeah. My number two and number one answers were Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Very good. Yeah, people love singing that song. Yep. Really loud and out of key. And the number one get white people turn up song of all time is Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And I don't think it's close. Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield would be on the list. That's a good one. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. This gets white people turned. It's not on the varsity, but this is top 20. It's like, good gracious, ass is bodacious. I had I had a really close one, but I didn't pick it. Yeah? Because I thought you were going to. Oh, give it to me. Chicken Fried by the Zac Brown Band. So the Zac Brown Band, because I'm not a country music guy per se, but I think Zac Brown Band is actually a rock band. Because I've kind of listened to a lot of their stuff, and they slap. Really? They super slap. Not into it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to feel that. And there's another one I didn't pick because I thought you were also going to pick it. Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison because I love going to any bar in the state of New Mexico and seeing the most played song on Touch Tunes is Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Uh, Oasis is Wonderwall. Yeah, it's number one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It's number one. Yeah, I had a my, my honorable mention section might have been stronger than my actual answers. The thing is... All of these songs get white people beyond turn. Correct. It's a tough ranking. And there's songs that, like, 
aren't bangers. Katrina and the Waves did that Walking on Sunshine song. Walking on Sunshine should not be known. It absolutely gets white people turned. I think it's, well. It's that part. That it's pe- that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I don't think Gold Digger by Kanye would have done anything without Jamie Foxx. I'm going to go officially on record with that. Okay. Okay. Little fat cheek Kanye walking up to Jamie Foxx asking him to sample. No. Jamie Foxx to me also is my number one in all of Hollywood. He's an EGOT guy. Yeah, he's the best. He's so much talent. We have the same birthday. He's so talented in every aspect of something. He's the best at everything he does. I agree completely. And I didn't know. because he, he could be a point guard in NBA if he wanted to. Oh, heck yes, he could. Yeah. He'd be a Navy SEAL if he wanted to. I mean, if he wasn't so busy like entertaining all these people, he probably would have cured cancer. That's how I feel. Yeah. Me, him, and Taylor Swift, all the same birthday. Really? Yeah. Dick Van Dyke. It's a good birthday. So you know about Bo Bichette? Did you say Boba Fett? Yes. Okay. So Boba Bichette is the son of Dante Bichette. Correct and correct. And he is the second son of Dante Bichette because Dante Bichette already had a son named Dante Bichette Jr. Yeah, yeah, I'm a junior. All right, you got your Bichettes in a row? Okay. All right. This is interesting. So are you familiar with social media? And I don't know the name of the app, So, and I'm not trying to give free pub, but there's this app where it's like, Ask me anything anonymously. Okay. Yeah. And, like, I guess the rules are, like, we should do one on here. But the rules are you can ask any question anonymously, and I'll give you an honest answer. So, Dante Bichette Jr., who you don't know, he's not a famous baseball player. No. Okay. Talking about his father. Here's the question. Quote, did your parents treat you and your brother the same? The brother is Bo Bichette, who plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, uh, can we rewind a little bit? Yeah. So this is supposed to be anonymous. Supposed to. People don't know that it's Dante Bichette Jr. They're just asking him a question. No, they do know it's Dante Bichette Jr., and that's why they're asking him these questions anonymously. Okay. Anonymous the other way around. Yeah. Okay, now I'm with you. So here's what Dante Bichette Jr. says in response to what is happens to be a very long sequence of questioning. Okay. So the question is, did your parents treat your brother the same as you? And Dante Bissett Jr. goes on to say, no. They specifically stated over and over again that they would raise him differently because I turned out, quote, too soft and too gay. A few times my dad went to attack my brother in a rage, and I got in between every time. I bled protecting my brother from my father on multiple occasions. Earliest memory I have of this was when I was 11. It happened all the way up to the day I left at age 26. That is horrible. That's a lot to unpack. That is horrible. What? Keep in mind, Dante Jr. is only 29 right now, so this is only three years ago. Also, so you're saying Dante Sr. is a real Bichetti person. What I'm saying is, it's not a coincidence that Bo Bichette started playing professional baseball three years ago, and Dante thought he could finally leave the house because his brother was safe. That's what I'm saying. Recognizing that Bo was away playing Obviously, collegiate baseball, but you get the point. Right. Well, he was drafted so young, so I guess not. Ooh, gets even weirder. Another question is, don't need to answer if you don't want. I hate to hear all what happened in your past. What abuse solely towards you, or did others in your family have to go through it? Was the abuse solely towards you? I'm sorry. He says, just Google my dad. Mm. 
Lots Oof. of stories. Oof. Which they do exist. They do exist. They do exist. There's a little bit of alleged domestic violence. And I never heard about the kids stuff until just now. So let's tag this again with alleged. These are Dante Bichette Jr.'s words. But it sounds too heartfelt. It sounds too honest. Well, it sounds too open to just be blatant hearsay. I don't know how I feel about the alleged term, though, because... This doesn't have to be vetted or second source. This is this is source material. There's more questioning, but he eventually comes up to say, one thing that's very important to he, Dante Bichette Jr., is he wants everyone to recognize that his brother is also a victim as well. He's not trying to just bring this attention to himself. Right. Being in that environment and watching these things happen within your family is traumatizing, especially for little boys. Bo Bichette is only going to get these questions moving forward. Correct. I, and hey, we all got some demons. Everyone's closet's got something in it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, if I'm Bo Bichette, I do not, at the uptick of my career, need my brother airing my dirty laundry out there. And I'm not trying to be the guy to like hide abuse and do that thing. There's ways to heal this, and Instagram at Reels attention is not the way to heal this. It does, in one set of lenses, release look like an attention grab. And that's unfortunate because this is horrible, what this young man went through. Generally horrific. The abuse that he faced day in and day out, and the PTSD that he's going to have forever, especially relating to his younger brother, who apparently... May have saved his life. Yeah, and that part I think is hard to tell, right? Yeah. Because you can sensationalize anything, necessary embellishment, anything. Well, hey, unnecessary embellishment. Hey, listen to our show. Duh. I like strong character, but I think with strong character comes restraint. And I don't necessarily know if I identify this as the best path to healing, but... I'm not a professional in the world of mental health. I just have an understanding of how I try not to take actions that negatively impact others. others. And that was that is what I first saw. Yeah, I mean, you said it really uh, eloquently and succinctly that everything is going to be about this incident. Yeah. Or these series of incidents to Bo Bichette. He's not going to get a baseball question for months. It's all going to be about this. And that's going to take his mind out of it. And then he's going to open up those wounds. And so while I'm glad Dante Bichette Jr. got this off his chest, is able to talk about it, is able to have a healthy discourse on his past, his history, his alleged history with his father, it does affect other people. It's very much the way that Dante, very the way the much that Senior did as well. It's the same effect. Is, is um, for example, CBS Sports going to be knocking down Dante Bichette Jr.'s door with questions? Now they are. No, it's just going to be his father and Bo Oh, Bichette. I understand. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jr. Yeah. They're just going to be knocking down his father's door. They're going to be asking, more like bombarding Bo with questions about these incidents in his childhood. Well, but it won't only be about the incidents. Because the, the first question, and you just had it right now, is when? 
The second question is, how did it happen? The third question is, why? And then that leads into a roid rage conversation. Obviously, what else could it be? Yeah. Then it's going to be a conversation about how. And then you're going to have to end up reliving all this trauma. By the way, looking at a dude with two thumbs right here who's had a bit of trauma, looking at you, I know your story a little bit. What you don't want to do is have to revisit that in a time of great focus elsewhere. Sure. And if you're going to, you want to do it in the healthiest way, which is with a mental health professional. With a mental health professional, yeah. You have to address that with a mental health professional before any of this happens. And, and again, I don't know the character of Dante Bichette Jr. with these alleged allegations, but I don't know necessarily who went about it the right route. That's how I feel. But he's, if everything that he says is true, he's the victim. Let him grieve whatever way he wants. Let him come to terms with these demons in whatever way he wants. It's not fair to those around him, but he's the victim. And one thing I won't do is victim blame. No, no, I will not either. Because, in, especially because Junior is LGBTQ plus person of some sort. Sure. I recognize everything you're saying, but there's a big difference from creating like a speculative narrative with a lot of questioning to lead questioning versus coming out and say, hey, these are exact, this is what happened. This is the rundown. This is what occurred. This is how it was resolved. That is insanely different than look, 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 look more, look deeper, look now. Oh, you can't look well enough? Look harder. Like, that's what this feels like. And it shows a lot of ignorance on treating the Q plus community like his quote was the first son was raised what did he say too soft too soft turned out quote quote unquote too soft let me make sure I got it quote unquote too soft and too gay okay this is not a decision that Dante Bichette Jr. had no because he was raised soft he was born this way this is deeply seated into his DNA he's gay or Q plus whatever part of the spectrum that he lands on by nature. That's the way he always has been. And it shows a lot of ignorance how to treat the community when you abuse your next son because you think he's going to turn out gay if you treat him nicely. That is sad that that mind state exists at all. Well, and it's not always coddling either, right? Because there's like, you should get to exist just for the simple fact that you exist. You should be able to do it without being mocked or ridiculed yeah. or, or having your belief system used to mock to others or harass or threaten. We can run the whole thing. And if you think because you're not doing those things that you need to do them to someone else to, like, offset that balance, that's a weird energy to me, senior. That's dumb. It's very dumb. It shows a lot of ignorance with human nature. It shows a lot of ignorance with parenting, and it especially shows a lot of ignorance on how to treat the Q-plus community. Just crazy. Just in, You obviously, in junior, have a son that you've traumatized, dehumanized, past any measure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, never learned the, the tools or the resources to deal with that trauma. The exact same thing happened to Bo. The exact same thing. Yes, but on the, a, a different end of the spectrum. Yep. Yeah, the exact opposite happened. So he has to deal with a different type of trauma. Kind of a weird breaking one. Usually you hear whispers of this kind of stuff. I had not heard anything like this. Let's grab one.
NBA talk whenever we get back. The uh, All of like, the failed trade efforts are coming out for all of the worst like character people in the NBA. And I think the point that I'm going to nail down is don't matter how good you are if you're not a good person. Because there's a lot of talent that got said no to in these trades. Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. You're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 starter days at the YNCA Central New Mexico. Spend our evenings at Hollow Spirits. And the weekend is for New Mexico's Vodka. Tell her vodka. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Only a certain type of white, of white person gets turned by this song. But it's not everyone. It's a little more niche for white people to get turned. All right, so this one's crazy to me here. The Celtics offered Brown, Derek White, and a draft pick in the Nets for Durant. Okay. What? Not enough. What, what, what are you going to do? Marcus Smart? Like, what are you going to do? You can't give up Brown and Smart for Durant. Because he's a head case. That and that's your team. You got to give up one of them and a package. You think it's because Brown only has a two-year deal? Could be. I mean, that could be part of it. But it's bad. It's not. It's not bad for the Nets to get those two players. It's great for them. It's a coup, really, for Kevin Durant if he wants out that bad. But it's going to dismantle the Celtics. Because you're going to have to replace those pieces because Kevin Durant doesn't replace those pieces. They do wildly different things than Kevin Durant. It's crazy to me that they're even in the conversation for crazy Kevin Durant because they got rid of crazy Kyrie Irving just a couple years ago. Kevin Durant's a different type of crazy. Keep going. Yeah. He's soft. I mean, we we joke on this show all the time about how six billion thread count soft he is. Yeah. How down pillow soft he is. How brand new, out the box, plush, beanie baby, soft he is. But it's not like he doesn't think the earth is flat. He's just, just stuck in his own head with his ego. Just because he's candy cane, like fresh, out of like the candy cane mixer. Mm hmm. Soft. Yeah. You, like, and obviously, like, all this stuff is just coming out now. This is weeks old stuff. But it just keeps coming. Like, the Pacers rejected a deal from the Lakers that would have took Westbrook and a first-rounder, but, like, one way down the road. Because you can apparently trade them till infinity now. Yeah. For Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Miles Turner I don't think as much. But I think Buddy Heald can go. And I'm thinking, like, you get the first-round draft pick. You get a dude who just tripped dubs. Like, you get, like... Now he's a head case. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't don't turn that down. Take that. Russell Westbrook's a Hall of Famer. Oh, that's a weird sentence. Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer. He will make the Basketball Hall of Fame. Averages triple doubles, won an MVP. Very right. Been on a lot of successful teams. Yep. Just because he's not a component on championship teams does not mean he's not an upper echelon basketball player. But all the evidence shows... Now, Russell Westbrook is on early exit playoff teams. 
If you have Russell Westbrook on your team and you think you're going to win a championship, you will not. That's just going off of historical evidence. I'm sorry. Mm. Kevin Durant's lights out, though. You give up as much as you can without blowing it up to get Kevin Durant. He's that good. Even if he's an injury risk, he's that good. There's allegedly eight teams in the mix. And you end up with some weird stuff because there's weird contract stuff. So you can have like, you can have one guy with a rookie extension, but you can't have two guys with a max rookie extension. Right. And you can, so it, it all ends up super different and super weird if you don't line it out right. Because the last thing you want to do is bring in like talent. Like, and I, I don't, what's a good example right here? Aiton. So he's got that super max rookie. Right. He ain't going nowhere. Yes, yeah, so he can't move him because every team's already got one. Mm-hmm. So the guys that you do want to get, you can't get. Eight teams? If I'm like – the Brooklyn Nets are so stupid. They have the worst fan base. If I'm a Nets fan, yes, trade him to any of the eight. Let's go. And you know what the market is now? Five first-round draft picks for Rodi Gobert? Are you kidding me? Donovan Mitchell's worth what then? Five more? An illegal amount of draft picks. Donovan Mitchell is a game changer. I think what we'll do, guys, is we'll get 15 first-round draft picks over the course of the next five years, and our whole roster will be first-round draft picks. That's actually correct. The way you did it, Utah, you're going to suck for four years. But eventually. You'll have 15 first-rounders. Unless they're all busts and you don't get a single Rudy Gobert or a single Donovan Mitchell out of it, (sighs) and you blow the whole thing up. And that's the problem with trading star players in baseball. For like, hey, look, we got rid of Juan Soto, but we got six of their top 30 prospects. We fleeced them. No, you didn't. You don't know how these kids are going to turn out. You don't know anything about this. When the only, I think the only real comp to the Juan Soto deal is the Miguel Cabrera deal. And apparently, like, a lot of people thought the Marlins fleeced the Tigers. Because the Marlins got Cameron Mabin, um, a giant lefty, played for the Cardinals for a little bit, uh, ended up being a reliever. Oh, I'm going blank here. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Andrew? Well, that Mar- you're talking about that Marlins team that moved Giancarlo Stanton, moved Christian Yelich. Bef- the, the incantation before. Oh, Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Oh, and they moved Juan Encarnacion, and they moved yes. yeah, all those players at the same time. That time that they blew it up. They love that game. They love it. They do. They're pretty good at it, historically. But like Juan Soto, you're going to have to get a couple guys that you can put in your lineup immediately and your best three or four or five prospects to get this once-in-a-lifetime ball player. But you don't know anything about these kids you're getting. It doesn't matter what some dudes who have a, a write for a newspaper rank these teenagers. You don't know anything about what they're going to turn out to be. Hey, I, I tell you what, though. like, I think Ryder doesn't. I think fan base doesn't. I think there's such money and investment now into knowing players. Like, I think when but, you do go, like the overseas guys, those aren't the question marks they used to be. For the one Tootie Coke, Tooney, Tony Kukoc that you would get, you would end up with 10 not Tony Kukoc's. Right. That don't happen no more. No, no, no. They got that part figured out. So, And it's not 
the writers, I mean, I'm sorry, baseball writers, I'm sorry, bloggers, I'm sorry, you know, huge baseball fans, right. John Boyites, Barstoolites, but all the good talent prognosticators are working for ball clubs. All the best guys who analyze talent are there. They know what you got. They know what they can get out of it. And there's no argument on the skill set Juan Soto has. It's interesting to me, again, because when it comes to those futures that you're talking about, which is draft picks. But you can't trade draft picks in baseball. You can only trade competitive balance picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Well, I mean, but in the NBA. Yeah. So in the NBA, making those moves, and I almost wonder a little bit like, when there is a story that's something ridiculous, and the only reason you have to believe something ridiculous now is Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That should not have happened. No. So if guy like Jalen Brown is like, hey, uh, put this out in the cosmos. Who's he talking to? I don't know. Right. The internet, his agent, his publicist, his leaky boy. Look for this week, like the number one article on the Players' Tribune to be from Jalen Brown. Look on this week. For like a big news something. Because I very much think the whole thing's a work. Just a little posturing. That's get, what I'm saying. A little not, posturing to get prices down. Not even I mean, from the teams. There's also reports that the Celtics offer is weeks old. Like, and it's just now Yeah, coming. that's correct. It's yeah. just now being leaked, even that's though it's, 100% been, true. it's been sitting around for a while. Which I'm fine with. And this, this Kevin Durant sweepstakes is going to last for a long time. Till August 23rd. Or it could last for four years because that's yeah. how long he is under contract. He's got a job. And especially with Kyrie going, hey, no matter what I'm playing here, this this one's my one. Because he's RFA next year. Mm-hmm. You go RFA and you're Kyrie Irving. If you can spend a year proving that you're not nuts and do everything right, you're going to get a max deal. You're going to be the highest paid player in the league. Mm-hmm. He's got it figured out. Hey, he was right all along. It was us who was the idiots. I'm not going to read the entire amendum to you, but I'm going to give you the rundown. on yourself. I hope you win. So Kyler Murray signs for $230.5 million. Gets a contract. Cool. The Arizona Cardinals put in this contract amendum, and I'm not going to read it to you legalese because that's stupid. But what it breaks down to is this. It re- he's required to do four hours of, quote, independent study per game week. Okay. Dog, they are forcing him to watch game film contractually. Did you hear me? They're forcing him to sit down and do his job in an amendment in his contract for 45 minutes a day. It doesn't sound unreasonable to me. Why do you have to put it in the contract for $230.5 million? I wonder how often this stipulation is in the contract. Is there like a percentage of hours for community service he has to do? How often he has to train with his line? Does this seem like a dig? Dog. I'm not feeling comfortable handing my quarterback of my franchise, Kyler Murray, $230.5 million if I have to put in writing that he has to do his homework. They, what do you, bet you this. Bet you anything. This is 100% real. 
This just came to me. They took his iPad. They checked his history. It ain't film. It's like Baby Shark or something. They're like, we're going to fix this. He was made to look a fool in the playoffs last year. But his regular season was quite strong. Is there so does he need to do more studying against top shelf defenses? I don't understand why this would be in the contract. I think it'd be kind of expected if you get paid what is that forty six million dollars a year that you might want to do a little homework. I'm gonna he's, read something he's to a you. second second highest paid quarterback, right? Is that correct? That's correct. He's the second highest after Rodgers. He's not the second best. Do you think he has the ability to be in that upper echelon? Because I'm not sure he does. I think Kyler Murray's peak is the top of the B tier. Dog. He's getting paid like A tier. Kyler, Kyler Murray, as fun as he is to watch, as talented as he is, I don't think he's better than B tier. Your points and opinions are correct. The problem is you're on the dinghy, I'm on the yacht. <laughs> I'm going to read something to you. Okay. As defined by the amendum, <clears throat> quote, I mentioned independent study. This is the independent study breakdown. <gasps> Means players study the materials provided him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Including without limitations any such materials provided via an iPad or other electronic device. Oh, okay. Time spent in mandatory meetings should not constitute independent study. Still got to go to film session. Players shall receive no credit for independent study for any period during which the player does not personally study the provided material in good faith. Well, you're like, okay, that should be the end of it. Like if you're BSing, if you're cooking, can't that doesn't count. You weren't really doing it. You ready for this? For the avoidance of doubt, players shall not receive any credit for independent study with respect to any time periods during which the any material displayed on the iPad or other electronics where they're personally playing video games being engaged in activities. For example, watching TV, playing video games, or browsing the internet. He's known to play apps during his meetings. And that's why this is in here, because he's playing Angry Birds. Your $230.5 million quarterback can't go through film session without playing Snake on his cell phone. Well, they seriously question his worth ethic. Don't He's care. a loser. He looks more like a Temple Run guy to me. He loves Temple Run. Yeah, I think he's more of a Temple Run guy. Because instead of like studying film and knowing what the safeties are going to do, he just Temple Runs his way around, tries to get a touchdown with his legs. Coach, I can multitask. M- multitask? Son, you're playing words with friends. Like, you can just not play words with friends right now. And you can tell me what the safety is going to do on cover two with zone blocking. Well, if he's playing Wordle, there's a five-letter word called money. And he got all of it now. So kudos yeah. to you. I'm not giving $230 million to a guy who has who cannot contractually stay obligated to the game. I mean, that's... I'm not going to give any money to anyone where I have to put in language in a contract that is like, you'll do the thing that's expected of you. Well, look at Brett Favre. Brett Favre didn't study film or tape 
Brett Favre didn't even know what a nickel or dime defense was until his like fifth year in the league. He just, he just went out there and played some football. To be fair. And to be fair. They didn't have Madden at that time. How would he have known what those things are? <laughs> he was totally Madden. <laughs> hey, <sighs> God, the a, team uh, is asking him to participate. Really? Is that a leader? Hey, Kyler, we need to make sure your mom signs your planner whenever you get back to the classroom so we know you did your homework. That's what this is. You can't just be like, I just don't like watching film, okay? This is loser stuff, dude. There's real people in our lives with real examples where we'll be like, yeah, hey, working with that person would be really great. Oh, actually, writing out the contract to make sure they do the actual job is is worse than the job needs to be done. Never mind, we'll go with someone else. Yeah, you're kind of just taking talent and ceiling over perceived ability. Mm-hmm. Could that be one of the worst contracts in NFL so history? Stupid. It's the stupidest. Oh, you're going to find if, out if real soon. Next, yeah. This next year. Hey, in the Cardinals' defense. In their defense. It's only a five-year deal. So if he's a bust. Two years, he's gone. And his legs don't work. Yeah. It's just five years. Like, whatever. Like, we took our shot on a hyper-talented quarterback. It didn't work out. We're done in five years. It's not like you have a bust on your hands for 10 years. Here's a quote from a loser. Von Miller says, quote, every time, like this is on leaving L.A. for Buffalo, every time I think about it, I get sad about not playing in L.A. anymore. What? You loser? This is loser stuff. The franchise or the city? If you miss L.A. weather or Buffalo weather, I get it. I 100% get that. Is he talking about the franchises that he played no. for and now plays he's for? talking about he's going to miss playing with them. This is a business. You, you want to know how many of those dudes shed a tear when you left? The answer is zero. They don't love them. They don't love you, Vaughn. This is when you show you're a fan. You're not actually you're you're not cool. You're you're actually I'm actually a fan. Well, I mean, he implied that he went to Buffalo cuz he thinks Josh Allen is the dude. He thinks he's the next big quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You misunderstood. So he's going to ride his coattails. When he said he liked the Bills, he meant $100 bills, and that's what they paid him. Ah. Great. So similar but different. <laughs> he goes he goes yeah I just really like the bills. And they're like what about him? He's like the way they fold, yeah, I like the way that, they smell. I like that guy the way they stack up. That guy Franklin, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah. He can, he can go. Oh you talking about BFB, that old big face Benny? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> also like right now like Broncos fan is like what the heck? Why not us? Yeah, why not us? Like don't you miss us too? I don't nobody want to play in the AFC West. It's too good. Too good. Three best quarterbacks in the league and then that slouch. But, like, it's too good. The thing that gets me, too, on, like, these NFL players, don't show allegiance to anything because nothing is going to show allegiance to you. Nothing but the league, next man up. The league don't care about you. Carson Wentz, you know. 
See, the Celtics are the Celtics. The Colts were like, we literally just accepted the first trade offer. We would have took anything for Carson Wentz. Literally anything. Did not care. Bag of balls. He could not be here anymore. Kyler Murray said, I'm naturally gifted. I don't got to watch film. Oh, my God. I'd be so mad. Work for Brett Favre. And we're going to dump you because you didn't do your homework. <sighs> yeah, can they get out of part of that contract if they can prove that he was playing Angry Birds while he's supposed to be studying? Can they? Can they get Probably some right. of that back? Can they get some of that back? If it's in the contract that he has to do it, and if he doesn't do it, I mean, it negates the contract. I went to college, right? I got a college degree. In high school, I never had to study. I sound, you know who I sound like? Kyler Murray. I had to start studying college. It's harder there. It's the NFL. What we got? 15 minutes left? 10 when we get back? One more segment, baby. RIP NFL game day. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Okay, we all work in the industry, the three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Vital's got his, been doing a long time. I've been doing a long time. You're relatively new to the game. The only time I had an NFL game pass was the very first year. Legally. Legally. Yeah. That Well, not red zone, game pass. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with game? Have you ever done game pass, Michael? Have you ever had it? Yeah. Okay, so you can get like full replays of all the games. You get like coaches film, which is just like a camera over the end zone. It's stupid. You can get all this stuff. And I don't know what it cost. A hundred bucks a year, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. It's a little more than that. Oh, okay. So after the, the new one or the old one? The old one. Okay. So after the NFL gave it to me for free for one year, I barely used it because mm-hmm. this is talk radio and you don't get the film till a day later. And I'm not going to on Tuesday go back and talk about the game from Sunday. Mm-hmm. Monday already happened, whatever. So, the NFL has killed Game Pass, and they've started NFL Plus. Fans are going to buy this for not a lot of money. It's cheaper than I imagined it being. It's kind of very cheap. Yeah. And I don't know if I quite understand in full, but apparently you're going to get access to the network. Cool. NFL fans love the network. On-demand stuff, cool. Live local and primetime games, but not on your TV, only on your tablet or smartphone. So not on your computer either. So I think if you want to put it on your TV, you have to like Chromecast or something. I don't really know. Yeah, that makes total sense. Out-of-market preseason games, why would I care about that? Live game audio home and away for national calls, why would I care about that? NFL library, why would I care about that? No one goes back and watches games you already know the winners of. That's not why the NFL's good. If I was like really jonesing for football, I might watch the Chiefs-Bills game from last playoffs, but that's probably the only example. Here's the thing. Spoiler alert. You already know who won. Yeah, yeah. But it's really fun to watch. That was a great game. <laughs> Don't change the rules. Don't <laughs> So this is an interesting one to me. If the NFL sends me a thing... Because you know we're friends of the NFL. Right. It's like free trial. Check it out. Maybe. You don't get the Red Zone channel, which is the only thing that matters. 
Because you don't get the Red Zone channel. That's a different purchase. I'm out. Yeah. And what used to be Game Pass, there's NFL Plus Premium. Which costs more. Yes. So the cheaper version, five bucks a month, the more expensive version, double that. Yeah. I guess. Is NFL fan Jonesin so bad? You know what I pay right now for the NFL? Zero dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's just on TV all the time. All the time. Everywhere. Every game is on a certain channel. Every whether it's Amazon or Yahoo or the old school networks or ESPN, like there's always football on. You have no need to pay for it whatsoever. You sitting there and watching commercials is you paying for it. Yeah. I already watched the commercials. I'm not going to pay you twice. Seems to me like NFL doesn't care about everyday fan. No. Because none of this is like, this is for your team. If there was a very easy way to watch a specific team, no matter where you were, for a fair price, everyone would buy it. Mm -hmm. Every single person. You're right. That don't exist. They're only getting like the weird zealot fans. Which is like weird. Another way for them to make money. And this is not a thing where it's like, hey, I'm going to get gameplay. I can watch any game I want live. It is not that. Cannot stress that. Yeah. Preseason, though. Cool. $5 a month for what? Like, I don't get it. You know what $5 will get you? Rabbit ear antennas. You know what that'll get you? The local game. Mm-hmm. NHD. For free. <laughs> How about this? Come hang out with your boys at Howie's. Yeah. Come hang out with your boys at Bourbon and Boots. Yep. Come hang out with your boys wherever we're watching the game. Do you know what yep. that costs? Free. And you get fellowship. Yeah, going to have to buy a couple oat sodas, maybe. Duh. Maybe a barbecue sandwich. Uh-huh. Don't you, know, you have to pay to get in the door? Some bars charge a fee to get in for I mean, Hey, hey, look. Hey, none that I go to. Yeah, come on now. You well, kidding that's me? That's a smart thing on your part. You pay me to be there. Me and Van look like we pay to get in anything? I show up and people go, uh, "Tables, uh, the table's ready for you, Mr. Slow. Slightly oversized table for two? Yeah. And then I sit there by myself for a while because whoever I'm meeting is always late, Albuquerque time. I think that was meant towards me, Vital. <laughs> How about this? You merge NFL Plus, Sunday Ticket, Network, Red Zone, and you say, here's an affordable price. And then everyone just buys that one thing. They're like, okay, this is affordable and streamlined and easy. I guess I'll quit pirating your yeah. product. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is for, right? Yeah. To, like, slowly start taking a bite out of piracy? I don't even think the NFL hates piracy. Because they know the commercials are going on commercials there. Commercials are still being shown on piracy. Yeah, they can yeah. say, hey, you know, according to our thing that says all these VPNs from Antarctica are watching, you're actually hitting this many people, Gillette. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Go shave America and Antarctica. Go shave Barbasol. Also, like, where is that company? Like, where's Yahoo? Like, Yahoo used to be the jam. Why isn't Yahoo paying for this and then putting their advertising all over it? Yahoo low-key gets so many football games that no one knows about. That's what I'm saying. You just open up Yahoo Sports and you got, like, a football game playing. And you're like, holy crap, where'd this come yeah, from? Oh, isn't that nice? It's like, oh, I could, like, play fantasy sports and just click on live of my players because they'll... Give me alerts that my yeah. players are playing. And I right. can do, I'm into that. And then I can kind of do a Mario impersonation. Yahoo! 
Is that the current Yahoo? I don't know what the current Yahoo is because yeah. I haven't Yahooed. The last time I Yahooed, I was asking Jeeves what Yahoo was. Ah. Uh, it's been, oh, they're speaking of Mario. Yahoo won the war. Tomorrow's interesting. We're not here. We're there. So we're live from the ballpark tomorrow. Early release for your boys. We're off at 615. Mm-hmm. Jefferson Bietta's throwing out the first pitch tomorrow. That's exciting. Number one, he deserves it. Yeah. Number two, do you think he'll be able to hear me clapping from the stands? Number three, uh, does Bodog let me bet on a strike? Because I throws, I bet he throws one right down the middle. He's a showman. I bet he throws it over the backdrop. Oh, really? Give it I'm, the 50 cent? That's why I love that. Any final words, man? Too much for the time allotted, my friend. But anything we didn't cover, make sure you check out tomorrow morning on the opening drive with Jeff, JJ, and A. Marie. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow at the lab, Burke.